Welcome to another edition of the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Drew, recording from the beautiful Flathead Valley. It's Friday, April 29th. 2022 is an even-numbered year, which means the election season this fall will feature 435 races for the U.S. House of Representatives, in addition to a host of legislative and local elections across the country. Unique this year is that Montana will play host to two different congressional seats as Montana gained a U.S. representative following the 2020 census. The new open seat has launched crowded primaries as both major parties seek the best candidate to send to the general election. Flathead Beacon Managing Editor Tristan Scott attended both the Republican debate and a Democratic forum last week and broke them down in this week's edition of the paper. He joined me for the podcast today to give his hot takes on all those running and some insight on the inter-party divisions. But before we get to Tristan's conversation, a quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, there's some extra perks involved too, so to find out more or join today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. Tristan, thanks for joining me up in the podcast studio today. Happy to be here, Micah. So you had a busy last week with back-to-back nights, I believe, of attending primary debates for the congressional seat in western Montana. Both the Republican and Democratic races have several candidates vying for them, and uh, we're here for some of your hot takes. Uh, Which side would you like to start on? Well, to be clear, the, the congressional Republican candidates had a debate which was Tuesday evening at Flathead Valley Community College and the Democratic uh, congressional candidates had a forum which was at the Hilton on Monday night. So it wasn't a debate. They just presented their the prominent planks of, of their platforms and their candidacies and they were also joined by uh, legislative candidates as well as candidates, Democratic candidates for the Public Service Commission. So it was a little bit of a different format and certainly Nowhere near as many fireworks as what we saw uh, with the at the GOP debate on Tuesday night. So perhaps we start there. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to just launch into some of your thoughts? Well, so as I said, it was at uh, Flathead Valley Community College. I'd say it was attended by about two hundred people. The four candidates who were present were Dr. Al Olszewski, a former state legislator from Kalispell, Mary Todd, who is a local pastor who's been prominent activist in the pro-life movement, uh, Mitch Hoyer, who's a builder from Whitefish, and Matt Jetty, who is a political newcomer in Montana, lives in Missoula, and is a, a moderate candidate. And he really emerged as um, as kind of the, the only candidate who was willing to um, you know, denigrate the uh, the Trump administration and some of the um, some of the, the the prominent theories that um, that have become kind of part of the the House Freedom sort of far right uh, faction of the Republican Party that the election was stolen um, that Donald Trump is still president uh, that um, 
uh, that election fraud is more widespread than there is any evidence to suggest it is. And uh, and he was booed. The crowd jeered at him when he made those points. And it was very interesting. But he stood his ground um, and uh, he said, you know, I'm not here to, to throw you red meat and just to get an applause line. I want to talk real issues, real policy and uh, and and said straight up that the election wasn't stolen, whereas Dr. Al, Mary Todd both said in no uncertain terms that it was stolen, that they do believe it was stolen, despite their not being any evidence to suggest it was. And uh, Mitch Hoyer uh, did not pander quite so boldly, but also um, said that uh, that he thought that some something fishy went on. <laughs> so that alone was uh, enough to get the crowd stirred up and uh, kicked off an, an interesting night. Now, I do want to note that missing from the stage was Ryan Zinke, uh, who, of course, is the former congressman turned interior secretary Born and raised in Whitefish, and uh, he did not attend the debate. Now, I did speak to his campaign spokesperson. She said that uh, that they let the Flathead County Central Republican Committee know that he was not going to be able to attend the debate and, and suggested some alternative dates, um, which they were not able to uh, accommodate. Um, the Flathead County Republicans had a slightly different take on that, said that they really bent over backwards to get Zinke there because he is sort of the rock star of the room. He's mm-hmm. he's raised more money than all of the other candidates combined. He's got certainly uh, the most well-known name. He's got the most uh, political experience. He has a congressional voting record, unlike any of the other candidates. So he was, you know, sort of the 800-pound gorilla missing from the room. And then uh, the debate was moderated by Frank Mealy, who is the former editor of the uh, Daily Interlake newspaper um, and a uh, now a, a far right conservative uh, columnist. Um, so, yeah, they, it was a, it was an interesting evening, pretty textured. And, yeah, we definitely got a good sense of, of who these candidates are in the two hours that uh, that they that they took the stage. With Ryan Zinke being absent um, as arguably the most well-known name in Montana politics right now for somebody who's not currently in office, what did the other candidates have to say about his absence, given that he probably is the presumptive front runner for that primary? Well, you know, I mean, right off the bat, uh, Dr. Al asked the question, you know, where is Ryan Zinke? Um, He said, you know, he's the only other candidate besides me. That has a voting record. And mm-hmm. what Dr. Al was alluding to is that uh, he has served in the state legislature and so he has an actual voting record on Montana issues. Um, so does Ryan Zinke, although Ryan Zinke then also served uh, in Congress before he was nominated by Donald Trump to serve as Interior Secretary, a position that I should note he resigned from amid uh, numerous scandals and investigations Um which continue to to sort of cloud his candidacy for Montana's new Western district. But Al's point was if Ryan Zinke wants to represent Montana, that he needs to show up for Montana debates. And of course, one of the the criticisms that we keep hearing about Ryan Zinke is that he spends more of his time in Santa Barbara, California, where his wife is from, and that he is not a true resident of Montana. Um, now, whether or not you want to argue about how much of his time he spends in Montana is one thing, but 
Um, but he is a, a, a whitefish resident. He does own property there. And uh, he does at least spend some of his time there, which we know because we see him uh, at local, you know, fairs, carnivals, events. Um, the bulldog. Yeah, <laughs> the local watering holes like the, the bulldog in the northern. And so I don't know if that's um, a moot point or not, but certainly something that is going to be on voters' minds as they navigate all of these different campaign storylines. What is your sense in in hearing all of these candidates speak, talking with Zinke's people and hearing some of the response from local voters or people in attendance? Does Zinke have a pretty clear path to this primary victory in your mind? Or do you think somebody could actually hold a torch to his candidacy? So based on, as I mentioned, his fundraising, which is just exponentially more prodigious than the other candidates, um, his name recognition and the fact that Despite the uh, the the scandal plagued exit from Washington D.C., he is a, a household name and um, is well connected within the Republican establishment party. Um, Ryan Zinke has this election in the bag, I sh- and when I say this election, I mean the primary election. We mm. still haven't talked about the Democratic candidates, but um, I think that it might have been a little. Um, a little brazen of him to not, you know, not attend this debate. I think it's certainly evidence that he feels very confident that he's going to win in June. Well, flipping over to the Democratic side, to the forum, not the debate, there were three candidates vying for this district seat for the Democrats. There's Tom Winter of Polson, Monica Trinnell from Missoula, and Cora Newman from Bozeman. What was it like seeing them after the fireworks of Monday? Well, in addition to it being a totally different format, it was just a really different tone that these mm. candidates struck. Each of them talked so about some of the desperate straits that everyday Montanans find themselves in, um, including uh, those navigating a housing crisis. Um, they talked about the need um, for conservation. They talked about the need for campaign finance reform. They talked about um, so some of the issues that I think um, you'll you'll hear more about from kind of everyday Montanan voters um, and not so much about national issues that have become, um, you know, prominent sound bites such as um, information, you know, information or misinformation about the uh, 2020 election, as well as um, the uh, January 6th insurrection. Um, didn't hear uh, former President Donald Trump's name mentioned mm. once, whereas he was his name was bandied about quite frequently during the Republican debates. And so it, it was more of a sort of pocketbook issue driven forum than um, than what we saw at the GOP debate and and very interesting and um, drew a pretty substantial crowd. You know, when de- whenever Democrats campaign in the Flathead, which is a conservative party, has long had a stranglehold on uh, the Flathead Valley. And Mm -hmm. um, so whenever Democrats do venture up here in order to campaign, especially for for these federal races, you know, they they don't draw as big of a crowd. They tend not to generate quite as much interest, certainly not as many fireworks just because of the sort of subdued tenor of the party in general. Um, But it was interesting. And each of them got in some digs at Ryan Zinke. And so the fact that his name was was a recurring theme at both uh, the GOP debate and the Democratic Forum tells you a little bit about what's on everybody's mind right now. Can you just give uh, some of the 
some of what distinguishes the three Democrats from each other and your sense of how they're doing between fundraising or just overall responses from the crowds. Yeah. And so there are some some distinctions between the candidates. Um, Tom Winter has certainly emerged and sort of characterized himself as the the most progressive of the three candidates. He's um, he's, a, a, I believe, a 35 year old um Missoula resident who who said at least I thought that he lived in Missoula he said um during the forum that he um that his address is in Polson and that he does his grocery shopping in Big Fork whether or not that was a line meant to appeal to the local the local audience members I'm not totally sure but but he does have a Polson address and has essentially been a perennial political candidate for the last 4 years he he served in the state legislature and while there uh, introduced a, a lot of very progressive legislation. Cora Newman, who is from Bozeman, and her background is in conservation. And then Monica Trinnell, who, uh, as you mentioned, lives in Missoula and is an attorney, really made her familiarity with uh, energy policy and energy issues, and especially uh, negotiating on behalf of Montana ratepayers in litigation against the major monopolies that control the state's energy and utilities, and her expertise in that field, a, a prominent plank in her campaign. And uh, Cora Newman mentioned uh, the housing crisis repeatedly and talked about how this is impacting everybody, including Montanans who were born and raised here and who are trying to make a living as uh, firefighters and teachers and, and public servants and who are just being priced out of, of, uh, of their communities. Well, any last thoughts on how you think these primaries will go as we wrap into uh, primary election day, which is coming up just a couple weeks away, month and a half away? Well, I, you know, I hesitate to, to make any predictions. I, um, I do think that, uh, that Ryan Zinke will draw, will draw quite a few votes. You know, I think, uh, you know, the old adage, follow the money. Cora is certainly outraising the other candidates mm -hmm. right now, but they were all, you know, articulated their platforms very clearly. And I think the fact that they're out campaigning as hard as they are and as geographically sort of to geographically far flung areas, including the Flathead Valley, which doesn't, as I said, always uh, attract the same degree of democratic interest. I think, uh, I think they're hoping to, to get out the vote. And so, so I guess that's what I can say mm -hmm. is that voters should, should certainly read our coverage, which is available on flatheadbeacon.com and familiarize themselves with the candidates and their issues um, and then they should go out and vote for the in the primary elections. Well, we appreciate your work doing all of our election coverage and directing our greater election coverage. There's primaries coming up for legislative districts, um, as well as the Public Service Commission is coming up. We've got school board elections happening that uh, we wrote about as well. So thank you for directing all of our coverage and providing uh, some of those takes. And I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Micah. Thanks again to Tristan Scott for joining me in the podcast studio to read the breakdown of the Republican and Democratic primaries for the U.S. House seat for the Western District. Be sure to pick up a copy of this week's Flathead Beacon or go online to flatheadbeacon.com. 
Now, here are a few other election stories that you should know about. School board elections are underway in all districts across Flathead County, and ballots need to be returned by May 3rd, which is next Tuesday. This week in the Flathead Beacon, we broke down both the Kalispell School District Board, the Whitefish District Board, and the Columbia Falls District Board, and you can read all of that coverage in the paper or online. In Kalispell, two incumbents and four newcomers are vying for seats on the school board. There's one seat for a high school trustee representing Lakeside, Summers, and Kyla, with two people running for that seat, and then there are two open elementary school trustee seats with four candidates running for them. The top two candidates will get the seats. All school board seats are for three-year terms. Up in Whitefish, some factions and controversy have emerged with one candidate's previously unreported emails to the school board coming to light on social media. One candidate seeking a seat on the board has previously sent derogatory and threatening emails to the previous board members over the masking requirements that Whitefish had in place in 2021. You can read all about that in Tristan's piece covering the Whitefish school board. And up in Columbia Falls, there are six candidates vying for two spots on the school board, and all candidates are newcomers. My colleague Mike Kordenbrock sent out questionnaires last week to all the candidates, and he printed some of their responses in this week's Beacon. That's all we have for you today. Again, a reminder, if you are voting in a school board election, those ballots need to be returned to the school district offices by May 3rd, next Tuesday. For all the other elections, the primaries are coming up, so be sure to research all of the candidates. We at The Beacon will have profiles and coverage of legislative races, as well as the PSC and the county commissioner's race in coming weeks, so be sure to stay tuned to our website, and as always, pick up the latest edition of the Flathead Beacon on stands throughout Northwest Montana. This episode was hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Micah Drew, and again, a big thanks to managing editor Tristan Scott for coming and sharing his expertise. Music in this episode includes songs by local Flathead Valley artist Mike Murray, who's kind enough to let us use them. That's our show for the week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>